Welcome to another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church. Christmas, what an awesome time of the year. For some, it's holidays and a press the reset button, get refreshed. Kids love presents and food and family gather. Welcome to those that have come to uh, come back home, for those that have been away. And some of our own folks are away. Tim and Lydia are over in England with Ayla, uh, visiting uh, Lydia's grandmother. And uh, so it's, it was snowing last week over there, so cold, very cold. And here we are enjoying our nice warm Christmas. But what a special time of the year. It really is just so special. Why don't we just pray for a moment and let's ask God to speak to us through his Christmas message. Lord, your life is your message, not just your words. Your very life was and is the message because you came from heaven. The word became flesh and dwelled among us, didn't just visit, but dwell. And I pray tonight that the truth would all of our hearts, that you live in our hearts Lord, that you've come to bring peace on earth, goodwill to all people. Speak to us now, I pray in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Let's take our seats. So good to see you all tonight. Wow. Luke 2, verse 10 to 14 in the Amplified. This is when the shepherds were out in the fields and uh, Mary and Joseph had found their way and were looking for a place to stay and the Innkeeper says, no room in the inn. Luke 2.10, that the angel said to them, to the shepherds, do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy, which will come to all the people. For to you is born this day in the town of David a Saviour, who is Christ, the Messiah, the Lord. I want to talk tonight about Jesus being Christ, Messiah, and Lord. And this will be a sign for you by which you will recognize him. You will find, after searching, a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Then suddenly there appeared with the angel an army of the troops of heaven, a heavenly knighthood, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace among men with whom he is pleased, men of goodwill and of his favor. Thank God Jesus came to this earth. And 2,000 years later, we sing the amazing carols. Paintings have been painted. Songs have been written. Hearts have been transformed. And they still continue to be transformed because of the message of Jesus Christ. The the, uh, verse 11 in the message version says, A Savior has just been born in David's town. A Savior who is Messiah and Master or Lord. My question to you tonight is, how do you see Jesus tonight on Christmas Eve 2017 how do you see him because how you see him and perceive him will determine a whole lot about how your life is it will determine a whole lot about what relationships you have it will determine a whole lot about the attitudes you have for tomorrow for next year and your future because how you see Jesus determines your attitude and your focus do you see him in a romantic way of Jesus being a baby and just you love the story and all the, the lights and the Christmas thing. Do you see him in a uh, historical Jesus? Yes, he did come. Or maybe you've even wrestled with that. Do you see him as a religious person that we do some religious things 
a, a couple of times a year, Christmas and Easter? Or do you see him as Jesus, the Savior that has come to change your life? The, the one who's come to forgive us of our sins. A living reality because he lives in us by his spirit. When you discover that, it's not just a religion or Christianity. This is a living, dynamic, powerful relationship that we sang before. What a beautiful name. What a powerful name. What a wonderful name. And Jesus is come to be our Savior, Messiah, and Lord. And those who understand and know him in those light, their lives are different. You can tell. They're just different. I remember I've been to India and other countries on mission trips all over the world. In some countries, there's very few Christians. In northern India, there's about one Christian for every 22,000 people. So in a city like Harvey Bay, there'd be about two Christians. We find that hard to comprehend. But the Christians there, because there's not a lot of Christians and there's a price to pay for being a Christian of pressure and persecution, they shine. They think, if I'm going to live for Jesus, I've got to be full on. So you can walk down the street and you can see in their faces that they are born again Christians because there's a freedom and a light in comparison with the rest of humanity. And Jesus wants to live in our hearts so that he truly is our life. We celebrate him born as a baby on earth, but he didn't stay a baby. He grew and became a man, the son of man and the son of God. There's very little recorded from when he was born to when he was 30 when he started preaching. I'd love to know the story of those 30 years. We got one glimpse when he's 12 year old and they go to the temple um, for their uh, sacrifice. And I can't believe this, but on the way home, the parents, Mary and Joe say, have you seen Jesus? They said, oh, I thought he was with you. Then they thought he was with the other rallies, and then they all realized that Jesus had been lost. Wow, that would have been a, a difficult day. You lost Jesus. <laughs> you don't want that on your resume. Well, you lost Jesus. <laughs> so they, they went, turned around and went back. It was, by the time they'd gone a day's walk, it was three days. And they go back thinking, where could Jesus be? He probably loved food, so they thought, we'll go to the markets or we'll find out. No, they went and found him in the temple, the church, and there he is discussing and asking questions of all the priests and the religious leaders, and they were all blown away, saying, where did you learn all this as a 12-year-old? He was asking them in-depth questions, and he had already that knowing that he was a special person, the Son of God. And then he grew to 30, he became a carpenter. Wow, that would have been awesome after he started doing the miracles, and, and you'd You'd go down and say, hey, Jesus made this table. This is, this is Jesus' chairs. You know, how awesome would that be to tick that off on your resume? He was a real person. It would have been hard for his uh, stepbrothers. And say, you know, does Jesus call down angelic help to make sure the ball gets in every time? It would have been really tough being Jesus' brothers and sisters. But he, he had grace and love and power and strength. And it says in Luke 2.40, the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom and the grace of God was upon him. The word grace means favor. How awesome is when God's favor comes on your life. He, he's, it says he brings goodwill and favor to all people. So you can choose to position yourself under his favor or you can choose saying, God, I don't really want your plan. I'm going to do life my own way. And many of us have done life our own way. And sooner or later, we realize that that's a very poor substitute for the best that God has when we do it under his favor and his blessing and his plan. Luke 2.52 says, Jesus grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. 
He hadn't sinned. That, that amazes me that Jesus grew in even more favour with God even though he was his father. He chose to keep responding and surrendering. So let's look at these three. He came to be our saviour. We sing the carols. He came to be our amazing saviour. Matthew one twenty one says, She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. The name Jesus in uh, the Greek culture, the language, is the same as Joshua in the Hebrew language, which means the Lord saves. That's one of the main meanings of the name of Jesus, the Lord saves. He's He's the only one that can forgive us of our sins and what a joy it is to know our sins can be and are forgiven. You don't have to carry the weight of them of guilt and shame and disappointment and all those regrets, you don't have to carry those in your life. We all have them. But you can know that he is your saviour. Many Jews were looking for a political leader like King David to deliver them from the cruel Roman rule. While others were hoping for a saviour to deliver them from their sickness and physical hardship and poverty. But this announcement by the angel concerns the saviour who would deliver them from sin and death. It was a challenge for some people to get their head around it. We can look back now. We've got the Bible and we've got 2,000 years of history. But if you were living in it, it was a huge, huge journey of trying to work out, Jesus, who are you really? The angels coming, uh, the supernatural dreams, the uh, miraculous conception of Jesus through a virgin by the Holy Spirit. This was just too much. It was doing their head in. But as he grew and started to preach and live out this amazing life, they started thinking, well, you are special. He says, today this scripture is fulfilled. I've become to be your saviour and Lord. And some of them got it and others think, whoa, I don't don't understand this. John 4.42 speaks about Jesus meeting the woman at the well and she was thirsty and he offers her a drink and they have this conversation going on. And then in John 4 verse 42, it says, they said to the woman from the Samaritan town, we no longer believe just because of what you said, Now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this man really is the saviour of the world. The way he forgave her sins, the way he, he then went to the town and lived there for a few days and spoke to them all and spoke about the truth of who God is and who Jesus, the Messiah is, the saviour. And and they got it. And hundreds of people, even before many of the religious Jews got their head around it because he forgave a woman of her sins and when you are forgiven you know how powerful how powerful that is he came to be messiah matthew 1 1 says this is the genealogy of jesus the messiah the son of david the son of abraham a messiah is someone who comes to rescue there's a lot of people in australia wishing there was a, a new messiah would come someone would come and sort out our political world Someone who would come and bring about justice and deal with the the abuse and the violence in homes and and the ice epidemic. So many people are saying, someone come and sort this mess out. There's people looking for a Messiah. Some look to governments or to to police or to education or to wealthy philanthropists. Everyone's looking for a Messiah and yet Jesus already come to be our Messiah. And you won't find it in other people. You've got to turn and see that Jesus is the Messiah. He's the one who's come to rescue, to save to set free, to turn things around and bring purpose in life. That's 
why the church is still alive and well in 2017. That's why Christian families still stand up and flourish. That's why people who live by the Word of God and His commandments and ways will still flourish and honour the name of our God. And some people think the church is dying and there's no uh, people going to church anymore. They don't realize there is a great move of God across the earth. There are more people becoming Christians now than have ever happened across history. There is a major move of God and, and there might be some challenges in our uh, Western society. But let me tell you that Jesus is still the Messiah. He has come to be our Savior. Matthew 1.18 says, This is how the birth of Jesus the Messiah came about. His mother Mary was pledged to be married to Joseph, but before they came together, she was found to be pregnant through the Holy Spirit. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law and did not want to expose her to public disgrace, he had in mind to divorce her quietly. They weren't married, but they were engaged, and back then that was a similar commitment to marriage, apart from when the marriage ceremony came, that's when um, they had sexual relationships, and that's when, as we understand it, the full marriage, but... If a engagement was broken, it was like a divorce. But after he had considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home to be your wife, because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will give birth to a son, and you are to give him the name Jesus, because he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had said through the prophet, the virgin will conceive and give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Alive and well in 2017. Wow, God, that, that just really stretches my mind to, to think that God's spirit lives within you and I. His wisdom, his love, the, the grace that he showed you, you can then extend that to others. The encouragement, the hope, the life, the love that compassion that Jesus touches our heart with we can then express that to others and that's what changes our world that's what is the powerful force of inhumanity the word messiah in the hebrew is the same word christ in the greek so messiah is in the hebrew christ is in greek and they both mean anointed one wow christ is the anointed one the one who is anointed with the word of life. The one that's anointed with truth and love so that when he speaks, things change. It's like for those that are followers of Jesus, when you feel his anointing come on you and you're praying for someone or you're sharing words of hope or encouragement, come when that anointing comes on, things shift and change because there's a life force. Anointing, it's, it's, it's life that flows from the heart of God. And in Isaiah 11.1, it says, A shoot will come up from the stump of Jesse. From his roots a branch will bear fruit. The Spirit of the Lord will rest on him. The Spirit of wisdom and of understanding. The Spirit of counsel and of might. The Spirit of the knowledge and the fear of the Lord. Christ, the Anointed One. That's why when you hear the word Antichrist, Antichrist, anti means against. So when you hear the word Antichrist, that someone's, against Christianity or people that study Bible prophecy the Antichrist who's it going to be you know and and they read Revelation and Daniel who's it going to be the word Antichrist means it's the one against the anointing of God 
it's amazing when you start to step out and say, I'm going to be a follower of Jesus with all my heart. All of a sudden, some, sometimes some challenging forces come against your life because it tries to stop you living passionately for God. So no, it's okay to go to church and to pray and read the Bible every now and then, but don't become too passionate. Don't let Jesus be Lord of your life and change every area of your life. Just, just make it nice and comfortable. Because so, if you live too passionate for Jesus, it's going to challenge my lifestyle. Wow, things happen, hey? Where the enemy tries to rob and steal from us, but Christ is the anointed one. When you get close to Jesus, his anointing touches your heart. When you get close to Jesus, his peace starts to fill your soul. When you get close to Jesus, his love starts to surround you. And when people get close to you, because Christ lives within you by his spirit, their lives get changed. How beautiful is that, that Christ is changing? Thirdly, he was Lord or Master. So it says Jesus came to be Saviour, He came to be Messiah, Christ, and He came to be Lord or Master. We don't like this term very much because us Aussies, we're in charge. I'm in charge of my life, I can do whatever you want. Yes, you can, but you've got to realise there's someone bigger in charge that one day you're going to have to give account for. And we don't like that. We have challenges. We struggle with authority figures sometimes. But the reality is Jesus came to be Master and Lord... And there's something powerful happens when we surrender to his authority over our lives, to his lordship. I remember meeting a, a young guy years ago. He was just a very wealthy man and had lots of money. And he'd had a Christian upbringing. Came to a meeting here years ago and he made a recommitment to Christ and he thought, I need to get my life sorted out. He came to church for about six weeks and then he stopped coming. And one of the guys in church knew him well and says, what happened? You had such an encounter with God and you felt his love and power. He says, yeah, I've thought about it and I'm just not ready to let Jesus be Lord of my life. I want to do my own thing for a few years longer. And my heart was so sad. He hasn't come back to the kingdom since. But I pray for him regularly. I think of him regularly. That was 13 years ago. I said, God, reach his heart. Some of us have got children and grandchildren or we've got family members who once knew Jesus but now they've settled for a comfortable life in their eyes and they've struggled to let Jesus be Lord because they think they're going to miss out. Let me tell you, in God there is a favour and a blessed life that is greater than anything this world can offer. There might be other short-term benefits but it, let me tell you, Jesus brings life and freedom and He wants us to let Him be Lord of your life. I've never regretted having Jesus Lord of my life. And I want to encourage you, don't settle for anything less, for second best, because Christ is the one who brings true freedom and joy and love. And I've ended up traveling the world on missions trips. I've ended up doing so many amazing things I never would have achieved if I wasn't a follower of Jesus. And I've met the most amazing people in my life because of Christ, and I've chosen to keep following him all of my life. And I want to encourage you, don't give up. Don't settle for less because he wants to be Lord and Master. And many people come to Jesus as Savior think, wow, it's great to get my sins forgiven and at the end of this life I'll have a ticket to heaven. Oh, there's so much more. Heaven's not, heaven's not the goal. That's just a result of following Jesus at the end of this life. But no, we live a blessed life. Being a Christian is the most amazing journey, challenging, but awesome. You grow. In Acts 2.36, 
Peter saying, Therefore let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. And when he preached that on the day of Pentecost, 3,000 people decided to follow Jesus with all their heart. They realized that they had tried to just have a religious Jesus, but not a Jesus who was Savior and Lord. But when they saw all that was happening, they thought, wow, we need to surrender fully to Jesus, not just have him on the edge and, and go to church once or twice a year and pray a prayer when we're in trouble. Hey, God draws us in our all have our journey. But I want to say tonight, how you see Jesus and how you respond to him and what room you make in his life will determine the sort of life you live for now and eternity. And he loves us. He's come to be the most amazing Savior and Lord. Philippians 2.5 is a well-known passage. He says, in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. What sort of mindset was that? Let's read on. Who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that's above every name, that the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wow, wow, wow. Selfishness will rule our hearts until Jesus leads and rules our hearts. I'll say that again. Selfishness will rule our heart because that's the way humanity is created. But when Jesus you choose to let Jesus rule your heart, everything changes. You start to be compassionate and caring. You start to give people grace. You start to listen to their hearts instead of just wanting them to listen to you. And there's something beautiful happens in this amazing journey of life when Jesus is Lord and Savior and Messiah in our lives. He loves us so amazing that it's tr totally safe and releasing to trust Jesus, our Lord and Savior. Allow him to be in the driver's seat. Who's a good backseat driver? Or who's a good passion to tell him the driver how to drive all the time? Ah, yeah, a few hands going up there, a few elbows in the ribs. Ah. Some would just like to be in charge. Whether you've got the steering wheel or not, you want to you wanna be the driver and be in charge. I remember I was in Adelaide years ago at Edge Church and I heard, I heard this politician, he was a state politician in the South Australian Parliament. He'd been to the, a church similar to ours, only a lot bigger, a few times for special events and God was working on his heart. And one Sunday he came and he, he saw just the presence of God and lives being touched and changed and he was so impacted by it and he said, he'd pray a prayer or make a response to Jesus then. But he went out and as he got into his car in the car park, he said, the Spirit of God spoke to him. And he said, are you going to let me drive the rest of your life or are you still going to try and drive and see what will come of it? He had this encounter with God in the car park. So it doesn't have to happen at the altar call or at the, at the nice worship time or when someone's praying for you. This politician, who was a very successful guy, had this encounter with the Spirit of God as he's in the car park.
probably no one else around looking. And he stopped. He was about to get in the driver's seat. And God said, are you going to let me be the driver of your life and the Lord and Master? Or you want to still keep trying to sort it out? And he stood and thought for a moment. He closed the driver's side door. And he went around and sat in the passenger seat and gave his heart to Jesus. He said, from now on, from now on, Jesus is going to take the wheel. And I, he told that story about a year later. I was at a meeting there and it, it, it really touched my heart. I thought, wow, Lord, you know how. You know when. You know the picture or the illustration or the story that gets our hearts. And in a crowd like this, there will always be a few of us wrestling with, is Jesus going to be Lord in every area? Is he going to be Savior? Is he going to be the Messiah, the one we looked for to sort things out? And I just believe that he's come to be that Prince of Peace, to have peace with God through Jesus our Savior, to have peace with yourself. Oh, what a joy it is to have peace with yourself. To be able to put your head on the pillow at night and not be going over everything that's said or done that day and not be wrestling with, oh, I really need to get it sorted out with that person and you've got all this guilt and shame. You're thinking, oh, that is such a draining, frustrating way to live. We all have seasons of that, but to live like that all of our days, God's got a much better plan of freedom and peace. And how beautiful to have peace with others. John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My perfect peace I give to you, not as the world gives, do I give to you. Do not let your hearts be troubled, nor let it be afraid. Let my perfect peace calm you in every circumstance and give you courage and strength for every challenge. How beautiful is that? It's a gift. It's a beautiful gift. And I encourage you to reach out and receive that gift of God. Let's be like the wise men. They came and searched for Jesus. They searched until they found him. They also came and gave him worship. They knelt and worshipped Jesus. And thirdly, they gave him gifts, especially the gift of their worship. And God wants us to give us the gift of our lives. And for to surrender, you think, I'm going to lose control. No, you actually surrender to the Lord who created you and helps you fulfill all that he's planned for you. Especially some men, they think, oh, I'm just got to be in charge. Well, it's better to be in charge under his lordship, the one who made you, and then you will fulfill an amazing journey in life. Otherwise, you're taking some real risks because you're trying to work it out on your own. And I learned the day I gave my heart to Jesus when I was 17, the day I finished school, God spoke to me. I was at a youth event, and he said, are you going to be in charge of your life, or are you going to let me be lord of your life from this day on? And I remember... I didn't wrestle too long because I'd been brought up and God had been working on me for us. I said, Lord, I will choose to let you be in charge of my life. Never regretted that all those years ago. John 14, 1 says, do not let your hearts be troubled as the worship team comes. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you that I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may, where, may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I'm going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except 
through me. That's the gospel. This is the message of Christmas. Food, family, fun, holidays, gifts, Christmas lights, they're all beautiful things in our journey of life, but the true message is Jesus. And I want to ask a question. Do you know this amazing Jesus as Savior and Lord? Or is he a religious person? Or is he someone you think, well, I'm not good enough and God wouldn't accept me. The message is his favor is for all of us. And maybe you're sitting here tonight saying, wow, at the end of this year, but to reconnect or to connect with Jesus. Maybe to let him be your savior. Maybe to let him be Lord of your life or to take another step of surrender. Because I've found a journey of trust is usually a series of steps of surrender and trust. And all God's saying, just come a little bit closer. Surrender a bit more of your heart to me. And I just feel his love drawing people today. In an ordinary stable, he had an extraordinary birth. And that ordinary baby grew into an extraordinary man. With ordinary words, he shared an extraordinary message. And on an ordinary cross, he died as an an extraordinary death. But an ordinary empty tomb proved his extraordinary miracle so that ordinary people can have an extraordinary life. That's the message of Christmas. Stay tuned for another exciting podcast brought to you by Bayside Christian Church.